1: Hey, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G science fiction, fantasy, and historical radio for episode number 1404, entitled Class of 70. Oh. <laughs> and, and the 70s were a great decade for movies as well. So that kind of fits in with our podcast title, Miffin Impodable. <laughs> because we're going to be having a in-depth look at the Melbourne International Film Festival, the 70th edition. It's that time again. I'm Rob Jen And Megan McHugh. And we've been picking the eyes out of the genre aspects of the myth for a very long time now, mm-hmm. for me, since the 1990s. Since myth yeah, 40 exactly. or so. It makes me feel like Captain America or something frozen in the ice. You know. <laughs> and speaking of Captain America... We got a little bit of news from the Comic-Con over in San Diego. Mm -hmm. No such thing as Mm Marvel-less, basically. I was actually considering the other day that it's very, very likely, unless there's an apocalypse or I achieve immortality, that the Marvel movies and TV shows are going to stretch well beyond my mortal span. Mm. I'm all right with that. Okay, what they've got left in Phase 4 of marvel mm-hmm. not, not thor but four in 2022 they've got the black Panther: for wakanda forever movie coming out in november it's the 30th and final movie in phase four and they showed a trailer so we saw namor the submariner king of the underwater world a rival for aquaman mm-hmm. and to distance him from aquaman they've gone with a mayan nice sub cultural reference for him Tenoch Huerta plays Namor in that looked incredible mm. and of course it also dealing with the fact that Chadwick Boseman is no longer around to play the black panther although they didn't actually address that in the trailer i mean it's a trailer but it pretty much looked like Shuri was going to become the panther, as she does in the comics mm, makes at sense. certain stages. Yeah, it makes sense. And on telly in 2022, they've got She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, which is dropping very soon on August 17th. Mm-hmm. They had a new trailer for that, which addressed some of the what people were saying were wobbly CGI issues, but I actually think might be just platform <laughs> orientated. They look great Mm. and they're addressing the whole fourth wall breaking that they used to do in the She-Hulk comics at one stage. She looks directly at the camera and so does Bruce Banner. Oh. And they look at each other and then they look away. (laughs) (laughs) It looked great and it had the exact vibe that I want for She-Hulk.
0: Yeah, that one's going to be interesting and I think, again, it's bringing in another tone into the TV series suite, which will be exciting. Well, it's actually
1: called She Hawk Attorney at Law. So, you know, I'm thinking like Boston legal sort of stuff.
0: And it's got that kind of retro vibe for the logo, like the title logo. So I'm hoping it looks like it's going to be quite the ride.
1: Her first case, I believe, because she's an attorney, is Emil Bronsky's Abomination, which you'd think would create a conflict of interest since he tried to kill her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not in this world. <laughs> Also, there's a Halloween special. Well, it features Werewolf by Night, hasn't got a title yet, Mm -hmm. so coming up in live action. And of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Gosh. As well. Phase five release dates, movies in 2023. In February, we've got Ant Man and the Wasp in Quantum Mania. In March, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And in July, we've got the Marvels with Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. Mm -hmm. And also, I believe, in November, Blade. (gasps) Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Pakistani-American director Basim Tariq and Marshala Ali playing Blade. Television live action next year, Echo, with Alakar Cox playing Maya Lopez. This is a spinoff from the Hawkeye Mm -hmm. series. Mm Mm-hmm. And also Loki Season 2. Somewhere next year, Autumn, I think. I'm trying to reverse the seasons here for us. Secret Invasion, live-action TV show with Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury. Along with Ben Mendelsohn, the scroll called Telos, and Kobe Smulders there, and Martin Freeman and Don Cheadle. Nice. So very familiar. I really want to see that. I want to see Samuel L. Jackson get more players, mm. Nick Fury. We also have Ironheart, the TV show, with Dominic Thorne starring as Riri Williams. And we saw her in the trailer for the Wakanda Forever movie, too. So they're introducing her there. And Agatha, Coven of Chaos, mm-hmm. with. Catherine Hahn reprising her role as Agatha Harkness. Now that the WandaVision and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness story arc for Wanda yes. has kind of run its course really mm-hmm. for the moment. In 2023, we've also got a season two of What If, mm-hmm. the animated show. Yep. Also, they're working on a Marvel Zombies animated series being spun off from that. And yes, we will see more of Captain Carter. And no, the animated series Peggy Carter is not the same multiverse variant seen in the recent Doctor Strange movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. Mm. I also saw a great trailer for A Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh. Another one of my favorite young Avengers, we'll call them, comic books, along with Squirrel Girl and Ms. Marvel. And we've already had Ms. Marvel come vividly to life in a television show this year. And in 2024, we have Captain America, New World Order. Interesting. With Anthony Mackie playing Cap. Sam Wilson and Julius Ona directing, who did the Cloverfield Paradox, but I won't hold that against him. <laughs> and in July in 2024, we've got Thunderbolts. So this is like villains as a team. Yeah, right. You know, so like they're going Suicide Squad, I suppose. Jake Schreier is attached to direct that. Well, he did Robot and Frank in 2012, oh, yeah. which was a science fiction comedy drama with Susan Sarandon and Peter Sarsgaard. Hmm. James Marston and Liv Tyler. And in 2024, we have, and this was probably the biggest announcement on TV Daredevil Born Again. Mm-hmm. Yes. 18 episodes in its first season with Charlie Cox. We suspected,
0: we suspected he was going to be, and also, of course, Return of the Kingpin again.
1: Mm. Yes, Vincent. D'Onofrio being in there once again, obviously having survived his being attacked by Echo. We knew, we (laughs) knew he was going to survive. Oh, and here's the really, really big news, and that was big enough. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, Netflix continuation, Daredevil, or maybe not a continuation. We don't know exactly how they're going to play it. Phase six, November 8th, 2024, the Fantastic Four movie.
0: (sighs) I'm nervous. I've been hurt before, Rob.
1: with unknown casting at this stage. Yeah, yeah. In 2025, two Avengers movies. Interesting. With one's called The Kang Dynasty, obviously playing off the time traveling villain from Loki, mm-hmm. and Avengers Secret Wars, which is a massive story arc in the comic books. So, ah. <laughs> Hi, this is Chris Thompson, the voice of Humanity from The War of the
0: Worlds musical.
1: Come on, Triple R. And moving right along from Marvel News, we come into the Melbourne International Film Festival, number 70, and we did discuss a couple of select picks from this recently, and we're moving on to a more broader look at the general program. Mm-hmm. And we have some dates for that as well for the MIFF, the – Split program, really, or I guess we can call it Parallel Streams. Yeah. We've got a show where they're doing it in the cinema and also
0: online. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Why not both this year? I guess picking up from last year when we did have the online program continued from 2020, which was strictly an online program. And so, yes, for MIF-70, our dates are from the 4th to the 21st of August. And now that's about over two weeks' worth of Loads of different screenings, exclusive events, a really wide program as always, so many wonderful things. Rob's done some of the pre-work to pick through all of that for you. And that also includes, like in previous years, some screenings that are out in more regional Victoria as well. So I think the name of the game is really accessibility for everybody, which is amazing. So there'll be some further out in the suburbs and regional Victoria and as well it will be streaming. So that's probably more from mid-August or so, but the in-theatre program is running from the 4th to the 21st. And then MIF actually goes all the way up to the 28th because you'll have an extra week to stream things online as well. So you can see the full program online at miff.com.au. And each of the listings will have the screening information and you can buy tickets through the site as per usual. And you can also sort out a MIF Play login so you can access all of the films that are streaming online for you. So let's dig into some of the main picks.
1: Hmm. So let's go through genre mm-hmm. as a broad category to start with and, you know, pretending that we haven't already set this up, <laughs> the magic of radio, Crimes of the Future. That actually is Zero G's subtitle, isn't it? It is. <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> now, this is a joint production, uh, Canadian, France and Greece, and also it is directed by David Cronenberg, mm-hmm. maestro of body horror. hmm We know his films, Rabbit in 77, Shivers in 75, The Brood. I actually like The Brood in 79, Scanners and Videodrome, The Fly, that's the Jeff Goldblum version, and Crash Existence and Spider. Also, A History of Violence, which is not really a science fiction movie, but it's still plenty violent, Cosmopolis, Crimes of the Future, which has got nothing to do. Apart from the title, with his 1970s Crimes of the Future. Okay. Although, confusingly, he, <laughs> he also wrote this one back in 2003 and had a title attached to it, Painkillers. Ray Fiennes was going to play in it, and Nicolas Cage dropped out of the main role. It all sort of, you know, went away, basically. And here it is back again. But this time it stars Vigo Mortensen. Of course, a
0: fave, Cronenberg's fave. Leia
1: Seydoux and Kristen Stewart. Oh, great. So, you know, this is going to be, well, I don't know about treat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Horrific, but probably pretty entertaining, interesting. What can you say about Cronenberg? You know what to expect from him.
1: Yeah. Icky is actually the word that comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's set in the future, as the title suggests, and we've had a whole lot of bad things happen to the planet, you know, pollution, climate change, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so on. And what we've actually done is adapted ourselves to it mm. biologically so we've got computers that can interface with humans directly not just as a keyboard sort of voice activated thing but you know integrated and this aspect of this whole process where we've kind of lost physical pain we don't have infectious diseases if we one of the enhanced interesting Yeah, thinking like it's like the Harkonnen scene in David Lynch's Dune. (laughs) And I'm wondering if it's actually far from a race ahead in some respects. But, you know, all of these things, they all get munged together in a very literal sense in Crimes of the Future by Cronenberg. We also have... DC League of Super Pets. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is actually coming out in the cinemas as well. (laughs) It's an animated film, of course, with animation from Animal Logic in Sydney and Vancouver. Oh, nice. And they also worked on the Lego movie, so in good hands there in terms of the animation. It is actually what it says on the pet food tin. (laughs) So, as Crypto, the super dog, also known as Bark Kent, (laughs) Dwayne Johnson. Ah,
0: who other than The (laughs) Rock?
1: Yeah. Apparently he's a Labrador retriever. I never knew that. (laughs) Uh, We also have Kevin Hart voicing Ace or Bat-Hound, which is a boxer. Batman's dog, I don't know. Kate McKinnon as Lulu, a guinea pig. Love her. (laughs) How's this for some cross-multiversal franchise acting? John... Krasinski playing Cal L a- a.k.a. Clark Kent. Oh, there you go. Vanessa Bayer plays Wonder Woman's pet pig. They all have powers too, of course. The pig can change size in scale. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> McSnurtle? A turtle, I think. No. A slider? What the hell is a slider? I don't know. Some kind of creature that gains super speed oh. and is the Flash's pet. But you've probably heard of a guy called Keanu Reeves who's playing Bruce Wayne. Oh. oh Mark Maron plays Lex Luthor. Olivia Wilde is Lois Lane. And, again, cross-genre since she's playing Titania in the She-Hulk series. Jamila Jamil plays Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Hmm. Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concord is in there too. Uh, he's playing uh, Aquaman. <laughs> And David Diggs is playing Victor Stone, a cyborg. Oh, my goodness.
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> we care about the voice cast. That's quite the star-studded collection yeah. they've got there.
1: Yeah. DC, League of Super Pets. Look, I'd much rather see the Pet Avengers, but this'll this will do. This will do, pig.
0: Yeah, this will <laughs> do, big, giant pig that's grown. Yeah.
1: Now, this is a retro classic in the science fiction stakes, Ghosts of the Civil Dead, Mm -hmm. John Hilkert's 1988 vaguely science fiction film. Oh, yeah, well, it's um, based on a true story of Jack Henry Abbott, and it's set in an industrial prison in the outback And, you know, they've been kind of experimenting upon the prisoners deliberately in a kind of a, no, look, I won't give it away because, you know, I've not seen this one in years and I can't remember how it plays out. It reminds me a little bit of Netflix's recent Spiderhead. Oh, yeah. Which also has a Mm -hmm. maximum security prison with some experimentation in it. But, you know, it's something that um, was based upon the In the Belly of the Beast by Jack Henry Abbott and also some research done by, a former prison guard from the U.S. And they shot this out in um, an empty aircraft factory in Melbourne Hmm. back in the day, but it stars... Nick Cave, amongst others. Amazing. So, yeah, watch out for that if you haven't seen it before. Afrofuturism. Mm. We did play Wakanda as a track earlier on, and Neptune Frost is the name of this film that was made in Rwanda and the USA. Well, it was a co-creation there by Sol Williams and Anissia Uzayman, And this is about colonialism and a cobalt mine, and a bit of murderous intent. It's a musical too, by the way. Of course it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a quote I read. Even describing it as a movie is inaccurate. Hmm. So it's like uh, this big multimedia project and it's got the music and a graphic novel and wow. based upon a, a Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. Complicated Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. Neptune Frost is the film and it's by Saul Williams and Anisia Uzayman. And I thought we might in a moment go to a track to riff off that. But first I'll just mention another science fiction film called Shadow. It's directed by Bruce Gladwin. This is an Australian film. And it's about a trio of activists who have intellectual disabilities, Mm -hmm. basically. And they're kind of a bit concerned about AI.
0: Mm, Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: AI, as I call it. And they're – worrying about what's going to happen with it and if it's going to present a danger. And this is all based on a Geelong Theatre Company play called The Shadow Whose Prey the Hunter Becomes. So I think we know where we're going to end up with this one. Mm -hmm. It's called Shadow and it's by Bruce Gladwin. Now, this is not to say that there aren't other science fiction Mm. aspects of the myth, particularly if you go into the extensive short film program but I think we won't have time to do that today. And so we will switch over to another genre. I thought we might have a a track from Janelle Monet. So her Afrofuturism science fiction music is actually extremely important in the genre. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to it because it's great fun too. You know, she's done so much in that field since Metropolis, of course not the Fritz Lane film, but she did an album based upon aspects of that and Also because, of course, she's been doing a lot of film acting too, as in her role in Hidden Figures. She has also appeared in Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, that Mm -hmm. anthology, and she is slated to appear in Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Oh,
0: fun. I'm very excited for that one. Yeah.
1: So, of course, those albums I mentioned, uh, Metropolis, The Arch Android, The Electric Lady, and Dirty Computer. So we're going to go with a track from at least one of those, Cybertronic Purgatory from Metropolis, the Chase Suite. Hello, this is Paul McGann, the I in Withmill and I. And I wouldn't listen to Zero G on 3 rfm without serious medication. Janelle Monáe's March of the Wolfmasters <laughs> from Metropolis, the Chase Suite. Back with Rob. And Megan. Looking at the Melbourne International Film Festival, which is streams of experience online and in the cinema. Movies. In the historical genre catalogue, we have Call Jane, which is an American comedy drama film. It's directed by Phyllis Nage. Basically, a look back at the 1960s, where a housewife joins the Jane Collective. And she's fighting for women's rights. And the reason why this called out to me, obviously, at the moment, women's rights are under siege in the United States. Yep. So this is an entirely appropriate movie to delve into at this time in a historical sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well as being very contemporary issue related. Yep. Uh, it also has Signori Weaver huh. in it playing the character and Elizabeth Banks. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I think that will be definitely one to look out for in the historical sense. Uh, it is an American film and it's directed by Phyllis Nagy. Now, also in the historical vein, we've got The Lost City of Melbourne. Oh. This is actually a historical documentary. Okay. And I thought I'd uh, just run past you. Yeah. Now, it's directed by Gus Berger and it's one of those ones where they've taken a lot of archival footage and – still photography and they're giving you a look at Melbourne as it was Mm -hmm. so you're able to go back in time and check out things like the Hoyt's Trocadero (laughs) in Footscray and other locations as well as places which no longer exist this is before Wheel and the Wrecker got in. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Mm. You know, look, I'm not one of the people who go, oh, we should never change any aspect of Melbourne's architecture because, quite frankly, some of it is worn out and broken down. Mm-hmm. And even after a restoration. I mean, will we really want the gas and fuel buildings back? <laughs> I personally would not. <laughs> and there's got to be a place for dynamic architecture yeah. coming in yeah and yeah. i like a lot of the futuristic buildings yeah. you know it is me <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time i do love some neoclassical architecture as well so this one i think will appeal to you if you are a melbourneite and hey this is the melbourne international film festival yeah. although it is actually possible to watch it online so you could be anywhere in the world couldn't you That's the historical one, The Lost City of Melbourne, and it is a documentary. I just slid into that because we were going to cover documentaries elsewhere. Now, in the historical section, again, another kind of historical documentary. This one I had to do, Moon Age Daydream. Ah, yes, of course. Yes, Brett Morgan's long-awaited Sanctioned by the Bowie estate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, very important. Documentary. Detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously riffing off the song from Ziggy Stardust. Well, this is an American filmmaker's output. Mm-hmm. He did On the Ropes, which got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary. It was about boxers and a biopic about uh, film producer Robert Evans, who was behind films like The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And that was called The Kid Stays in the Picture. Also, we had June 17th, 1994, about the O.J. Simpson police chase. He has also worked on, a complete non sequitur, Marvel's Runaways. Of course he has. In 2017. I did have one last historical talker that I meant to just mention, Salvatore Shoemaker of Dreams by Luca Gladagino, which is a historical documentary about an Italian shoemaker. Oh. I suppose that is the last thing you would expect on Zero-G. <laughs> but it is actually a historical costume mm. documentary when you nice. think about it. Yeah, yeah. We will wait for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> Back with Rob Jan and Megan McHugh talking about films from the 70th edition of the Melbourne International Film Festival. Hi, I'm G. Wallace. Over, done with, gone. We also have a chunk of horror.
0: Mmm. <gasps> yes, there's usually some great horror offerings that we can see at The
1: Myth. Mm. Mm. All of them played late night. Yeah. <laughs> so, but with the online streaming, or screaming as the case may be, we've also got that aspect available to us now. All right, so these films are all... Coming with a warning Mm, because they are all, well, not video nasties. (laughs) It's all done in the best possible taste, I'm sure. Peter Strickland's Flux Gourmet, a UK, USA and Hungary horror movie. And it's a black comedy film and it stars Asa Butterfield and Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, now I've seen some of Strickland's other films, uh, *Barbarian Sound Studio*. Yep, yep. In 2012, and that, or oh, the older one, um, the revenge drama *Catalin uh, Varga*. Mm. You may also be familiar with Walk *Biophilia Live*, so he was behind the the direction of that. So this is a film where. <laughs> It sounds exactly like the title, Flux Gourmet. You've got a whole bunch of experimental performance artists and they are kind of linking food to sound. Ooh, that could be disgusting. Yeah. Well, you know, that's an interesting idea in itself. And then you couple it with the almost obligatory... Isolated Artistic Institution. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. So there's going to be some issues there. You just know that. Peter Strickland's Flux Gourmet. And I like the idea that it's got Gwendolyn Christie in there, you know, well, Brienne of Tarth and Captain Phasma. So I think that'll be kind of cool to see her in a role beyond those as well. At least she's not wearing a helmet in this one. I we hope. I assume, I assume not. It'd be funny if she actually was oh wearing a helmet, the old <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have a movie called Give Me Pity! With an exclamation mark, directed by American filmmaker Amanda Kramer. She did a film called Lady World, Who's title I thought was something else entirely and then I read the synopsis of it where teenage girls are trapped in an endless birthday party after a massive earthquake. (laughs) That is unusual as an idea and this is about a diva called Sissy St. Clair played by Sophie von Hasselberg. She is basically this entertainer, she's doing her first ever television special and it all goes psychedelically wrong. Oof. You know, so that's the kind of thing that attracts Zero G's radar. Mm. Innocence. Belgium, France, and the UK have got together to produce this under the auspices of director Lucille Hadzalilovic, and again, another horror film. This director has produced a 1996 short film called La Boche de Jean-Pierre and became the first woman to win the Stockholm International Film Festival annual Bronze Horse Top Award for Best yeah. Film. So this is a coming-of-age psychological drama. The reason why I picked this out, well, just the description of this. Once again, we have a secluded educational institution. Oh, I- yeah. you remember um, Suspiria, that actually takes place in the
0: city. Yes, yeah, so a so horror it can happen anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, at least the, uh, the remake did. So in this school, new students arrive in coffins. Mm. So there you go. That's, That's got to be one for us. <laughs>
0: That's some Yale Secret Society <laughs> stuff right there.
1: Yeah, the skulls. Yeah. How do I know that? I'm not at all connected with anything like that. I think I saw the movie. Yeah, that's right. And it stars, amongst others, Marianne Cotillard. Love her. So there you go. I think that will be one to look out for. Now, we did mention and go into a bit more detail, a couple of other films and previous Zero G, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon by Anna Lily Amipour, and she, of course, gave us A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Mm groundbreaking vampire film and also Christian Taftrup's horror film, Speak No Evil. We've already talked about that before on the show. We'll move on to a film called Watcher. That's a giveaway horror movie title. Chloe Okuno, and it's an American and Romanian film, psychological thriller. A woman moves with her husband to Bucharest. So she's got a few issues to Overcome there, there's a language barrier. So, you know, even though she's actually in the city, she is isolated once Mm. again. Mm. Isolation. Yep. And she's wondering if somebody who's been observing her apartment from across the street, shades of rear window, is a serial killer who happens to Be operating in the city, okay. So, yeah, that's a bit of a problem for her. It stars Maker Monroe as the character of Julia, and I love her description as an actress, American actress, and professional kite boarder. Oh,
0: I think she was in It Follows, which was another great horror,
1: yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah, she was indeed in that, and also in the sci fi thriller Tau. She's done a lot of horror movie work and she was also in the uh, Independence Day Resurgence film, which is probably pretty forgettable from Mm -hmm. most other people's point of view. But we've also got Tal Glussman from The Neon Demon in here. And as I think I'd be... Very surprised if he isn't actually the serial killer. Burn Gorman playing Daniel Weber. <laughs> um, we know him as Owen Harper from Torchwood. He was in The Dark Knight Rises, Game of Thrones where he played Carl Tanner, and Pacific Rim where he played a uh, Dottie Boffin. <laughs> and, of course, he was in The Expanse as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is going to be one of those particularly scary
0: films. What's that, Watcher? Watch out. Yeah. Watch out.
1: Rob Sherman, and you're listening
0: to Zero G. All right. I will run through a couple of documentaries quickly. So we've got a special screening of Bluey in cinema with Joe Brum, and that one is out of Australia, and it features Joe Brum, and it's a talk. So Joe Brum's a creator of Bluey, and he'll be taking the stage at the Aster to discuss a selection of episodes from the show and talk about his approach to storytelling. So as we know, Bluey's a big cultural phenomenon, number one kids show in Australia. And so that should be kind of a real life director's commentary, creator's commentary of sorts. So that's Bluey in Cinema with Joe Brum. Then we have Lynch Oz, which is by Alexander O'Philippe. That's a USA film, one for movie lovers. It focuses on David Lynch's obsession with The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I could almost just leave it there, but a series of critics, writers and directors discuss how Lynch has been continuously influenced by the 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz. And it unpacks the theory, symbolism and mystery in order to uncover the reasoning and impact of Lynch's fascination with the story. So Ophelippe has done a bunch of other interesting docos like 7852, which looked at Hitchcock's Psycho, and also Memory, The Origins of Alien, which looked at Alien, of course. So that is Lynch slash Oz. That Aliens documentary was really good. Yeah, I reckon this one's going to be an interesting one to see if you're a fan of Lynch or The Wizard of Oz or both. And then we also have Splice here, A Projected Odyssey. Now, this one is one I'm very interested in seeing. It's directed by Rob Murphy and it's an Australian documentary focuses on the shift from celluloid to digital. This film is screened in tribute to MIF's technical manager, David Thomas, who passed in 2020. Now, Murphy, the director himself, was a projectionist for the Sun Theatre, my local, with a background in 70mm projector restoration as well. So this documentary is a bit of a personal journey through the rise, fall and rebirth of projected film and features some words from Tarantino, the critic Leonard Moulton, also includes some archival footage and pretty good soundtrack from all accounts. So a bit of a who's who of the film preservation community and definitely tackles a very interesting story of how film has evolved and the fallout of that, I suppose, and what the future holds. We've also got some science docos to go through. We've also got some docos that focus more on the science end of things. I'll run through those quite briefly. So we've got De Humani Corporis Fabrica. So that's by Verena Paravel and Lucian Casting-Taylor. Now that bit of a content warning on that one. It contains, it's pretty much just a film of medical procedures in Up Close and Personal. We've got The Endangered Generation, question mark, by Celeste Gere coming out of Australia as well. And that one tackles the question of climate change and the future of the earth. We've got Fire of Love, which is by Sarah Dosa. And that one is a lava love story about the French volcanologists Cartier and Morris Craft. We've got Il Buco, which is by Michelangelo Framatino, and that's a bit of a meditation on caving and uh, caving in Calabria. We've got I'm So Sorry, which is by Zhao Liang, which is about the effect of nuclear power and exploring some of the abandoned radioactive sites of the past and future. And then a couple of screenings at the planetarium. One Worlds of Ice, which focuses on what is ice, and one called Radical Compromise, which is about our exploitation of the Earth's minerals. So that's a very quick look over of some of the science focused docos, but you can check all of those out in the MIF program online or in hard copy at mif.com.au or at your local MIF program carrier.
1: Mm. Very dear to our heart are the science documentaries because Zero G is a science fiction show, and sometimes that ends up you're talking about literally science mm. fiction, yeah, or science dramatized, yeah. Okay. That's about it for Zero G for today. We will go out with a track riffing off the fact that there is a David Bowie documentary at the MIFF this year. Mm-hmm. Moon Age Daydream, David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars and all of that. <laughs> okay, that's about it. Zero G for today. Thank you very much to our new podcaster, Alice Savage. And we will obviously be continuing with some more MIFF as we go along. Thank you,
0: Megan. Thank you, Rob.